Welcome to the Primal Canadians podcast, where you can learn how to solve sophisticated problems with primal wisdom. And now your hosts, the Primal Canadians. episode number four. Today, Lucas and I are going to dive into going barefoot. Why go barefoot, how go barefoot, when to do it, and then how to optimize it all and tying it all together to improve your quality of life. This is an exciting topic for me today, Thomas. I only recently started going barefoot, and let me tell you, it has completely revolutionized the way I walk, the way I stand, the way I run, everything. It's really quite amazing. That's super cool. Um, uh, you were telling me the story of your uh, your two-hour barefoot hike, uh, and I'd like you to uh, share that with our audience here today. Yeah, that's a great place to start. Well, I'll go a little farther back to start than that. Um, I've had a love-hate relationship with shoes my whole life. I have size 16 feet that are extra wide, and it's been a pain in the ass to find shoes. And... Uh, it's held me back in a lot of cases. I've never actually been able to buy a pair of shoes that I wanted. I've always had to just get the shoes that fit. And uh, one of the places that showed up as a problem was uh, training shoes, uh, gym shoes, and that sort of thing. Because I had always read lots of articles about how it's important to have the right footwear. You've got to make sure you have the right foot support. You're going to hurt your back, all of that stuff. And I did not have the money to custom order uh, training shoes that would fit me and I ended up not going to the gym for many years because I thought well I don't have the right shoes I'd rather just not do this uh, without I'd rather not risk hurting myself because I don't have the right shoes and that was really where my mindset was for a long time but then over the last year or so I started hearing a lot more uh, talk about the, the whole uh, minimalist running shoe revolution, the barefoot, things like that. And I thought, when I was a kid, I used to run around shoeless all the time. Like I, it was very rare that I would have shoes on unless I absolutely had to. Uh, so I thought, well, if I could do that as a kid, there's no reason I shouldn't be able to do it as an adult. So one day I decided I'm gonna go for a walk and I'm not gonna wear my shoes. And it seemed silly, and I thought, you know, I better better make sure I'm prepared. So I took, I, I like to wear Crocs. Those are my favorite footwear uh, most of the time because it's almost like not wearing shoes. But anyway, so I took my Crocs and I used a carabiner and clipped them to my belt. So I had them with me, hooked up the dog, and I started out for a walk. I thought, I'm just going to go for a few blocks, and then when my feet start to feel too tender, uh, I'll put my shoes back on and head back for home when I want to. So, so, so you had your crocs as a backup plan just in case you needed them. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I thought I didn't want to just venture away from home without shoes and uh, not be prepared uh, in case I, you just never know or you might step on something and it's just not the norm to walk right. without shoes. Yeah. So I started walking and after the first block, my feet were on fire. Like they were burning like crazy just from the, the friction of the concrete and everything. But I kept going. And after the second block, the burning started to go away. And 
I was I was still very hypersensitive to every little piece of gravel, every little crack in the sidewalk. I could feel it all, but it wasn't it was it had stopped hurting and it was just now the feeling was just there and I thought, hey, this is actually kind of cool. And then the farther I walked, the realized I realized the only time that it, anything would hurt was when I had my foot tensed up. So as I continued to walk, I started relaxing into it. And I realized that when I just relaxed into it and walked to the way my body wanted me to walk, suddenly it didn't hurt. I could step on little pebbles. It was no big deal. I could walk across the bare asphalt. It wasn't, wasn't a problem. And I, I was really surprised because I figured after one or two blocks, I was going to have to put my shoes back on. So I kept walking. I was five or six blocks in by that point. And then as I'm walking along, I've just started noticing all kinds of cool sensations in my foot. Like I would, they would start to hurt intensely and then something would crack and suddenly all this tension would just release. And then a few minutes later, it would start to build up tension in another part of my foot. And then it would crack again and all this tension would release and it kept happening faster and faster and faster and more all the time. So, so this crack you're talking about, is that like a pop when like the chiropractor popping your spine into place kind of thing? Is that what you mean? Exactly. Okay. Uh, that or the same feeling as cracking your knuckles or something okay. like that. Right. So it would like, I, I would get these sore spots in my foot and then they would pop just like when you pop your finger and all the tension would release. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it was like the tension would move somewhere else. It would pop again and it would release. And it, it kept happening more and more to the point where when I really got quiet and started listening to the sounds of my body, it sounded like Rice Krispies in my legs. It was bizarre. Like every step I took, it was crunch, crunch, crunch. But every time it felt incredible. And the farther I walked, it was like, suddenly I was still feeling all the bumps and undulations in the ground and everything, but nothing hurt at all. It just felt like the most incredible foot massage I ever got in my life. Yeah. Wow. So by that point, I was probably two kilometers into my walk. Like I was just, I was so in the zone. I was going, I was really enjoying it. And uh, things were feeling amazing, so I just thought, well, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I, I, I kept stopping and looking at the soles of my feet, thinking they've got to be wearing through from the concrete or I'm going to have raw spots or something, and there was none of that. Uh, there was a, definitely places where the calluses were worn down a little more than usual, but nothing was raw, nothing was rubbed through. I wasn't bleeding, so I kept going, uh, and I just kept going and going and going. And going, and by the time I felt like I had to put my shoes back on, um, it was just I, it, I was starting. I had rubbed through some of the calluses, and it was starting to get slightly painful. And I thought, before I injure myself, I better put these back on. But it occurred to me that I had walked almost 10 kilometers, which I mean that that's a little longer than I usually walk anyway. Uh, and I had, I, it, it felt incredible and I wasn't, my legs weren't sore the way they normally would be. Uh, my feet felt incredible. The, the skin was maybe a little bit inflamed, but the mechanically my feet felt incredible. They were flexing better than they ever had. And my ankles felt amazing. My knees felt amazing. And 
The most incredible thing was my back. You see, I, I've had a subluxated disc in my upper back for many, many years that caused me lots of discomfort. And I could still feel the problem, but it seemed way less just from one walk. So I started to get a little curious and I started to think, hey, there's something to this. And uh, since then, I've kind of made it a rule to not wear shoes anywhere that it's legal and safe to not wear them. And when I do have to wear them, I stick to some lightweight Crocs if I can, Other work boots when I'm on a job site, but that's only because I have to. Yeah, so so what it hap what happened for you really, it really got you in tune with your body is what it sounds like, although you were probably uh, uh, doing that like purposefully, getting in tune with your body, but being on your bare feet on the ground, it really brought you back in tune with your body Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, it, it really fundamentally changed the whole experience of walking. Um, normally, you can sort of walk and you look around at the world and f around you and your, your mind wanders and everything. But when you're barefoot, you're hyper-focused on where you're stepping and on what you're doing. And it, it took the act of walking from kind of just going for a, a walk to a full-on meditation sort of thing. Like, it just... Exactly like you said, it got me tuned right into what was happening in that present moment. I think back now, uh, you saying this of uh, me spending time barefoot as a kid. I spent a lot of time like running around barefoot as a, as a kid as well. And I remember every summer, uh, the first time we did it, I, I take my shoes and socks off and I step on the rocks and it hurt. It, it was really hard to uh, put my foot on the rock and then put my weight on the rock. But I kind of moved through it, and within a few steps, usually within minutes, I was running on the rocks with no, uh, with no no pain or anything. So it's interesting that you say it that way. I think our body has to kind of work through the this is that adapting phase that it feels it out, and then it kind of works through that the initial signals that are often pain, and then you go beyond that, and then your body's just uh, adjusting to to the environment. Yeah, you're exactly right. And also, I think there's a lot of psychological blockage to get by. Um, we're told from the day we're born, you got to wear your shoes, you got to wear your shoes. So to get past the mentality of taking your shoes off and going out into the world, I think there's, there's the physical pain and our feet are in a very tender state because they've been coddled for their entire lives. And we have to push through that and then also the psychological barrier. It's just a very fascinating thing in general. Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost a bit of a, a, vicious, uh, a vicious cycle. And I know this is hard to say, but because uh, we need footwear, especially uh, come wintertime and stuff like that up here in Canada, you really need that footwear. But it's uh, quite detrimental to, uh, to our health and our posture. Yeah, it, you're, exactly. You know, you spend, well, I mean, I've worked in construction for almost 15 years and you wear heavy work boots all the time and you don't realize the damage it's doing to your feet until you actually take the time to notice how much your feet have changed how much the physical structure of your toes changes over time and it's all because of the the footwear we're wearing yeah there's there's so many nerves at the butt underneath uh, the feet there that the brain relies on for for proprioception and and uh, in inter interacting with uh, our environment. Yeah, it's our feet in many ways, I would argue to say, are probably more sensitive and more connected to the world around us than our hands. 
And, yeah. and even than our eyes in many ways. You know, yeah. if you imagine our ancestors moving through the bush, uh, hunting and things like that, their feet were how they knew that the ground underneath them was stable. Their feet were how they knew, like, it, we just instinctively, there's so much intrinsic knowledge connected to the information we would have gathered through our feet that, uh, shoes can do nothing but get in the way of that. Yeah. Yeah, I got onto the whole barefoot movement myself uh, a few years back when I uh, started uh, reading and listening to uh, Dr. Phil Maffeton, who was a guy that worked with runners a lot, still does. He has uh, published a number of books, and he talks a lot about uh, uh, the barefoot uh, thing and then going going with, uh, with, with no shoes and then how detrimental it is to wear the wrong shoes. And one of the things he talked about, a study that they did on basketball players when they have... Uh, these shoes that are a little bit higher to protect their ankle, essentially what they're doing is they're restricting their ankle. The injury rate for shoes who restricted ankle movement to shoes that didn't restrict ankle movement, it was it was in the 60 some percent higher injury on those with restricted ankle mobility. That's a pretty significant uh, stat right there. That's interesting that you say that um, when I first started working in construction and I had to wear work boots for a long time, I was always of the mindset of I should wear high topped work boots and tighten them up a lot for ankle support. That was always what everybody hammered home. You got to protect your ankles. You need the ankle support. But what I found was that uh, when I would go hiking and things like that in my free time, I rolled my ankles a whole lot more than I had ever done as a as a uh, teenage young child or a teenager right but, but it was only after i had to wear work boots that i was tying up really tight every day around my ankles and I, I never thought of it at the time but it was totally because of the footwear and the ankle support that i was getting artificially the muscles in my ankle were no longer able to support me the way they were designed to and so uh, I was injuring myself way more. Right. You, you take away that natural function or the natu natural ability for your body to be it, for your ankle, your movement to be able to compensate and adjust uh, by putting it into ankle support. And then the ankle is, uh, it's, it's a complex joint, but it's not nearly as complex as uh, the foot and the arch and the toes and everything that's happening down there. So I'd actually like to dive in a little bit like, how, how do we identify bad shoes or what is a good shoe or how and when can we go, uh, can we go, should we try and go without shoes? When is it a good time? Because I, I know I, I've spoken to people about this and they say uh, that, hey, well, you know, I, I need those arches in my shoes because my feet hurt when I don't wear them. Or I need to wear my shoes in the house because my lower back hurts when I don't have my shoes on. So I'd like to get into that a little bit on what what type of footwear to buy and when to when to try and go barefoot or how far should you push it when you're going barefoot that's uh, that's a pretty deep pretty deep conversation and i think it's in a lot of ways it's really down to personal choice right now and figuring out what works best for the individual um, there's a lot of conflicting information in our world and one doctor will tell you you need to wear shoes. The next doctor will tell you you can't wear shoes. And it's a very nebulous topic, especially right now as uh, the whole biomechanics movement is catching a lot of uh, traction. 
and it's a confusing world. So to say what are the right shoes and when to wear shoes, that's that's a tough one. Yeah. Well, I think I think one of the most important things to recognize with these uh, with these orthotics and these fancy footwear and fancy sports shoes and that. Uh, they're all they're all in front of like massive campaigns, like money making campaigns. So the idea is not for your feet to be healthier. It's not for you to be faster or, or you know, they're labeled as shock absorbent and all this kind of stuff, whatever fancy wording they have around it. But the idea is to sell a new shoe, and to sell a new uh, new technology, and that's how uh, the footwear makes comp- makes money essentially. So the big idea with them is to make money. Unfortunately. Yeah, you're so right, and uh, I think that's one of the one of the things to really consider is you know people talk about how when they take their shoes off they get back pain and things like that. But my question to those people is, have you ever done it for more than an hour or two at a time? Right, because because yeah, I think it's important to work through that uh, that we talked about that you experienced on your walk and that I also said when I was a kid. You have to work through that part because when those when those um, signals come back those receptors come back the, the neurons come back uh, to you know to give your brain the signal the first signal is is pain because it's your brain your brain being maybe more weary it's like there's pain there and then as you go through it it's like oh it's actually not pain it's just a sensation of feeling and then then it dissipates yeah exactly and it's it's your body noticing that something is different than usual and the initial reaction is pain, but then most people feel that pain and immediately stop right away. They don't push past it. They don't realize that there is actually something way better right on the other side of uh, pushing through. Uh, that being said, it's also very possible to hurt yourself right, by going barefoot uh, too quickly. Uh, I've heard a lot of stories of runners who hear the benefits of uh, minimalist running shoes and they go out and buy barefoot running shoes and go for a huge multi-mile run and the next day they can't walk yeah when they've spent the first few decades not being without shoes then okay right so and i think that sort of thing happening is what gives a lot of traction to this whole idea that without the proper footwear you'll hurt yourself but really all it is is that You've got, most of us have gone our entire lives wearing shoes, except for maybe when we're around the house. And, and even a lot of people wear shoes around the house, um, except when they sleep. You know, most people don't spend a significant amount of time shoeless. So when you're transitioning, you have to remember that your mus- the muscles in your foot are not, they have never developed. And if they have, it's been in very small increments and very low impact situations. So it's important to remember that and that you have to let your body adapt uh, to back to the way it's designed to work. Right, because there's a significant change in, in posture and in, in movement. There's, there's a significant change in gait and the way you run or the way you walk going from barefoot to having shoes on. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, when you walk with shoes on, the typical... Uh, foot placement is heel to toe. It's just in general, we land heel first and then roll to a toe. When you take your feet, your shoes off and you try to do that, you will find very quickly that your heels get extremely sore and then your knees get sore and then your hips get sore. But then you start to realize that's not the way your foot's designed to work. 
and you start landing with the ball of your foot first and suddenly your Achilles tendon is taking all the shock of each step and then your knees stop hurting and then your hips stop hurting and suddenly the, the biomechanical system that nature engineered into this incredible machine called the human body is working the way it's supposed to and that's when the real magic happens. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and, and I've, I've seen uh, with clients and stuff, I've seen significant changes in, in how their, their pain and how their body feels and how their posture improves from uh, getting them to go barefoot, like take, taking the shoes off when you're inside the house, uh, wearing uh, lighter shoes, wearing the right size shoes, shoes that don't restrict, shoes that aren't too tight or shoes that aren't too big, um, wearing the right types of shoes. Like I hear, I talk to people and I hear a lot, I hear a lot of the stuff about like pain, lower back pain, shoulder pain, all that kind of stuff is very common coming from the shoes, not just a pair of shoes, but the, the shoe habit that you've been developed with and grown up with. So a lot of times when I hear, when I hear this, these knee problems, these back problems, these chronic problems, um, it's people that have, that have this thing with their shoes. They gotta have this type of shoe. Uh, they gotta have this certain shoe and they, they're not, there's no flexibility with their feet. They're very, uh, embrained into a certain pattern or a certain type of shoe or, or whatnot it might be. So it takes from there, it takes a little bit of a transition to get away from, from wearing shoes or to going to a lighter footwear where your foot has to do a little bit of work, a little bit of proprioception has to happen with your toes and getting used to the environment where not everything is supported and you're completely relying on, uh, you know, on arches and uh, soles and all types of other supports that are built into the shoe. You're so right. And you know, one of the biggest problems for people like that who are really stuck to their one thing that they have to have, their arch supports or their special shoe soles or whatever, it all comes down to the fact that somebody in a white coat and a clipboard told them they need to wear those shoes. And don't get me wrong, I love medical doctors. I think they are an incredibly important part of our modern society, but they also tend to operate on outdated information that is not necessarily relevant anymore. And unfortunately, people take their advice as gospel. And now we're living in a world where people are spending thousands of dollars on pain management medications to solve their back pain when really they're probably just wearing the wrong shoes. Right, yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with what you said earlier and building you up on the psychological part that you're uh, getting built up to be or, or that you've adapted and, and have chosen as your as your belief system or your, your thoughts around how shoes should be or how your, your feet should be uh, worn. Yeah, and I mean, we're, you're going to find going forward with this podcast, that's my mentality on a lot of things. It all comes down to what we were told at some point in our life. It comes down to how we think about stuff. In, in every aspect, our, people's diet problems, people's mental health issues, all kinds of stuff comes back to those belief systems that are deeply ingrained. And I think this whole foot issue is a very clear indication of that in society because we're all told you've got to wear your shoes. You know, that's talk to any parent, tell them what's their biggest struggle when you're getting out the door. Put your shoes on, put your right. shoes on. Yeah. You know, what if it wasn't such a big deal? You know, what so, if you just say, come out to the car? Yeah, so, so, we, so we can go back to being like we were when we were uh, three years old and, and we got these ideas put onto us. We just like, why? Every, well, every kid you hear, like, 
why why do I have to do that why do I have to go there so if we start questioning like uh, like there's a lot of things that we do that are that are good for us that do protect us but there's also a lot of things that aren't because they're misunderstood or because they're just put in place for the wrong reason so uh, it's I guess starting to ch- uh, to challenge a little bit like why do we do it that way why do we think about it that way yeah you're exactly and you know, while you're on the whole why question, let me ask you this. Why do thousands of people spend millions of dollars on uh, having the calluses ground off the bottom of their feet? And why do those calluses even exist? Yeah. Why, why do we have so many posture and foot issues today when we have a multi-million dollar footwear industry and so many different uh, orthotic specialists and uh, foot doctors that... That are experts on all, on all this, and we still have a, an, an increasing amount of issues around around foot pain and posture. Yeah, exactly. Look, the point is that your body grew the perfect pair of shoes on the bottoms of your legs already. The the callus tissue is designed to make the skin tough enough to not get punctured. The bones are designed to flex around and move. The nerve endings are designed to feel and connect to the world around you in ways that you people don't even understand yet you know like there's it's an almost universal thing that people enjoy the feeling of warm beach sand between their bare toes why is that that's instinctive that's ingrained into us on some level and i really think it's just because we're supposed to touch the world around us with our feet right yeah so the best pair of shoes to get is no shoes and it's also the second best pair of shoes to get. <laughs> and if you really need to put on shoes, then probably the best pair of shoes to put on would be perhaps moccasins. Uh, something that's super light, something uh, where your foot doesn't have to flex to keep them on. And uh, it doesn't restrict any type of movement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't want to get into what's the best kind of shoe, the best brand. I mean, that's really down to personal choice. The bottom line is find something light that lets your feet bend the way they're meant to bend, that doesn't restrict your toes from moving around, and just don't wear shoes as often as you possibly can. Uh, it right. changed my life. It really and, did. Yeah, and, and fits. We've got to say that too, because there's so many people that wear shoes that don't fit. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't fit right, and the way we've worn them growing up, like some people will have a little bit of a, a smaller foot on one side, so sometimes... You know, to get the idea of footwear, for some people, this may be wearing an eight and a half on one side and an eight on the other side, maybe. Uh, but it's very important that you have the right type of shoe where you don't have any extra movement in there and where you don't have any restriction on uh, the size or on the front of your foot. Exactly. And just try a lot of different kinds of shoes. And just pay attention because you're going to notice changes. You're going to be a little sore in the ankles the first couple times you go running. You're going to have a little bit of strange popping and crackling in your knees and legs and stuff. And don't freak out. Don't take that as a negative thing. Take that as your body just responding to something different. Give it some time and it really will improve things. Yeah, it's, uh, that, that's your body adapting to uh, the new changes. Exactly. So typically now when I'm out buying shoes, I'm looking for the lightest pair in the grocery, in the in the shoe store, the one that fits well. I want to tie them up on my feet and I want to walk around a little bit. And uh, they're the most comfiest. 
also the most lightest which and then by the time I go check out they're often the cheapest pair in the store so we don't need to spend a lot of money on fancy footwear which is exciting to know you can spend thousands of dollars on shoes and you just don't need to pay attention to the signals your body's giving you like Thomas said look for the lightest most flexible shoes that fit properly uh, that are comfortable and just try to avoid wearing them as much as you can so we want to leave you with one big uh, one call to action here before we sign off uh, for you to start practicing today before you have to go buy new shoes or buy different types of shoes and that is to take 10 minutes a day and take your shoes off if you're already taking your shoes off in your house take your socks off as well try going completely barefoot even if it's for 10 minutes a day and see what uh, see what happens with your body see what kind of response you get yeah and if you're a little crazy like me go barefoot and take a 10 kilometer walk it will change your life i absolutely promise you thanks for listening to the primal podcast today everybody this has been a lot of fun if you haven't yet please check us out on any of the major podcast platforms Give us a like, a comment, share, tell your friends. It really, really helps us get the message out. This has been a lot of fun. I'm so excited to dive deeper on this topic as we move forward. And uh, stay primal. Tune in next time for more Primal Conversations.